0: Welcome. You've made it. You're back. It's Flass Monkeys, episode seven. Yes, welcome. It's so good to be back here once more for another half hour or so of Mindless Waffle. And ramblings from the brains of two simians. My name. This week I'm identifying as Clyde, previously known as Brass Monkey One. And over there in the corner is the one and only...
1: Well, this week I think I've decided I shall identify as the monkey formerly known as Cuddles.
0: Now that rings a bell. That rings a bell. Enlighten me. I ate that, Doc. That uh, That was a ventriloquist's dummy pet thing, wasn't it?
1: No, it was real. He was the alter ego of uh, Keith Harris, who also was responsible for Sickly sickly Sweet Orville.
0: Oh, now I remember. Oh, that's brilliant. Cuddles, it's so good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure. Quite literally from beyond the grave, really.
0: (laughs) And thank you to you if you have just found us for the first time, whether you're watching us on YouTube, Brass Monkeys, or indeed whether you're catching the podcast on TuneIn or Podomatic or any other number of platforms that we put this drivel on. Regardless of how you're listening, it's great to have you along, and I hope you'll uh, stick with us for the next half hour or so. And indeed, at the end of it, you'll want to come back for some more. Each week, uh, we look at a range of subjects from the serious, which at the moment, there's a lot of serious shit going on. Political, around the world, and on our doorsteps. We cover that. We cover a little bit of uh, society today and what's going wrong with it. Again, there's an extensive list to go at. And we finish off with a little bit of light-hearted nostalgia, looking back to those wonderful days. Find out what we're going to be looking back on a little bit later on during this episode of Brass Monkey's. But right now, it's time to get into the heart of the matter and find out what's been happening in the world in Brass Monkey News. Bunkies news for this week. Well, hot off the press, of course, has been the debacle that is Test and Trace. But were we ever going to expect anything different? We were told right back at the beginning of this COVID-19 crisis that we would have not only a leading Test and Trace campaign, we would have a world-beating application. We were meant to have an app Anybody remember the app? Hello app? No app. And we were going to trace anybody who had the remotest chance of being infected would be advised and told to self-isolate. And here we are. The schools have gone back. It's September. The pubs are open. The restaurants are open. And it's all going pear shapes.
1: Well, six of you at a time can still get together. That's about it, really. But the rules, as per everything to do with this government, and as per everything, as we've said, ad nauseum over the last few weeks, everything is just so vague, so airy-fairy. Nobody really knows what the actual score is. And then you've got the added complication of, well, it's all right in England, but if you go to Northern Ireland and do this, then you'll be strung up. If you go and do it in Wales, they'll probably go, whatever. And if you go to Scotland, they'll probably have a very serious word with you and send you home, because there's no consistency. It's like, who do you believe? There's no joined up thinking. It's just a complete mess. The whole thing's a mess. Just
0: when we need some clarity and we need some leadership, we've got neither. Well, interesting you say about that because literally today, as we record this episode, Dido, not the singer, but but Baroness Dido Harding, no less, who happens to be, can I just add, married to a Tory minister, the ex-chief executive of Talk Talk when they managed to get hacked and millions of their customers' details were stolen. And bizarrely, used to be a jockey. She, Dido, as she was referred to by Matt Hancock and and Boris, back in the early days of the daily press conferences, she was name-dropped as Dido, not... Baroness Harding, just, oh Dido, Dido's coming in on this job. She's going to be great. She's going to lead our test, track and trace operation. She probably disappeared for the summer. No doubt sunning herself in the Seychelles or somewhere else. Now she's having to face the shitstorm that has arrived because the testing system has collapsed. Never mind the tracing system that that never really got off the ground. The testing system has fallen apart. My, uh, my better half works at a school which is literally five minutes from a, a testing station. There's people turning up there for tests and told what well, they haven't got any to give them. And then you hear stories, it's not the problem with the capacity to take the test, it's the problem with actually processing them because we haven't got enough people in the labs. And then we've got the stories of people requesting an appointment and getting an appointment, but then also being sent a test through the post. Now, I don't know if you know this, but all the tests, once you've requested one, they're barcoded. So if you've had a test, but you've been sent a test as well, that test has been recorded, okay, because it's barcoded. So you can't give that test to anybody else because it's against your name. So the government stats of how many people they've tested are completely pointless anyway. You couldn't make this
1: up. No, no, you couldn't make this up. And go back to uh, dear Dido there. Anyone who's ever tried to get in touch with TalkTalk, customer services at any point, will recognise the fact
0: that she's probably already making her presence felt. She's been in front of the scientific select committee today. She's finally had to appear from her borough, <laughs> wherever that may be. But quite frankly, quite frightening. And for the second day in a row, we've had them basically say, mm, we've got a problem. Well, kel surprise,
1: kel surprise. And that
0: follows on from the prime minister yesterday. Yes, good old Defeffel, whatever his name is. Have you worked out what his full name is yet? Yeah, by the way? yeah it's Alexander Boris Defeffel Johnson. That's enough, isn't it? it, it it's more than enough. In fact, any number of Johnsons are more than enough for me. I have just been to see Her Majesty the Queen. All this, and more, we can do now, and only now, at this extraordinary UK assets orbiting in space with all the long-term forgotten people and the left-behind time.
1: It's perfectly true that I have had some drugs.
0: We need to we need to get rid of the camel's humps. The do you know what, what this
1: is? Uh, is this some sort of? Um up and down on the trace Exactly
0: so at the beginning of the Covid-19 crisis it was all about the Mexicans hat wasn't it and flattening the curve well now because we're in entering what some people call a second spike we've now got camel's humps so we've got (laughs) to flatten out the camel's humps. This is the prime minister of our country who thinks that the way to communicate with his relatively intelligent populace is to talk in these terms. What I find scary actually is that there are members of the population of this country who still think he is doing a good job. Well, they all think he's this funny chap, don't they, with a bit of bluster. He's a bit of, oh, isn't he,
1: isn't he wonderful? Isn't he a funny old fellow? He's the man who referred to black people as pickaninnies,
0: lest we forget. You can't, really, you can't really follow that with any kind of constructive comic, can you? I'm afraid Um, not. Sorry. So, uh, really interesting, though, and I know you try and avoid the news each week, Cuddles, but yesterday was uh, Prime Minister's Questions, which takes place, of course, every Wednesday in the Home of Democracy in Britain, the House (laughs) of Parliament. (laughs) Don't laugh, don't laugh. Keir Starmer, who's the leader of the Labour Party opposition, he'd been self-isolating because of a potential uh, infection. But in his absence, I I can only describe her as a bother-booted heavy in the Labour (laughs) Party the one and only Angela Rayner. And she, I'm sure, will not mind me saying this because it's common knowledge. She is the absolute opposite of Boris Johnson. Secondary school education, she left school with uh, no O-levels. She's a proper working class girl. A lot of people were wondering what would happen yesterday. Well, I have to say, she did a damn good job because if if you go online, you'll be able to find Uh, Prime Minister's questions and if you listen to Prime Minister Johnson going trying to come out with an answer to her uh, her opening gambit then it's it's quite entertaining but um, that's another story. I don't want to get too heavily into politics. Um, I do want to mention, though, Failing Grayling. Mentioned before our Yay! The one and only Failing Grayling. The guy who can't get a gig. Good news, he's got a gig this week. Yes. Oh, thank God for that. I was so worried. Oh, I know. We were all really feeling for him, weren't we? We really were. He's Poor managed man. to land a £100,000 a year job advising the owner of uh, some of the UK's top ports. So it's a company called Hutchinson Ports Uh, They operate Harwich and Felixstowe as well as a few other um, freight terminals. He's going to be paid for seven hours work a week for a year which will add up to £100,000. Now, let's not forget that although he's no longer uh, a serving minister, he is still a Member of Parliament, so he still has a, an, an MP's salary. I'd say nice work if you can get it. And don't forget, this is the guy who, when the whole Brexit thing was meant to be going through, I think, a year uh, last March... Uh, one, one loses track, Yeah, one does one. lose track, but, but he was the one who appointed a company, a ferry company, that had no ferries... That was gonna be our saviour when we had problems with getting supplies into the UK. I don't know, he must have some serious dirt on Boris to uh to have got this job. It just defies belief. But then again, you know, let's look at we've got we've got Dido Harding and then we've got Failing Grady. Just two! Just two! and let's not even start with pretty patel i i i wasn't going to talk oh, about pretty patel god um, no but she's happy Please. she's back she's happy to back the country breaking international law that's not a problem nothing to see here move on but by the way if you see your neighbor with a few more people than six round having a barbecue get on the phone to the old bill
1: oh yes and something else i noticed this is a, a apropos of nothing um interestingly being a bit of a geek like what I is um, Cuddles you ain't no geek Uh, I do hate ducks but apart from that uh, I do have a bit of an interest in what's flying over our heads at any given moment and being the geek that I am and the uh, tech nerd I have an app on my phone which lets you see what that plane is that's flying over your head at any given moment Tell but me it also, more, Cuddles Tell me well, more well, well it also shows you interesting things like uh, the things that are patrolling the English Channel at the minute going back and forwards on that stretch where migrants are coming ashore the people that uh, our dear friend Pretty Patel is so keen to keep out they've been using the RAF's spotter planes they're they're using a lot of very secret squirrel stuff on behalf of the mod they've got planes going battles and forwards which are the ones that are actually meant to be searching for soviet submarines they've also got the ones that fly around um, intercepting telephone calls from people mi5 would like to have a word with and recently launching from lid airport just down the coast a little bit from dover uh, unmanned drones now Ooh. yes that isn't that wonderful welcome to britain everybody go away
0: At this point, I suppose we should also welcome our uh, loyal listeners from Cheltenham. Good to have you along there. Hope you're all doing well and enjoy a bacon butty on us. Well, when we get a sponsor, maybe. Uh, Anyway, that's another story. We'll cover that a little bit later on. But very interesting, Cuddles. It just shows you how the the whole idea of of a big brother society is, is gradually, piece by piece, coming together. Isn't it just? Now, Worryingly before we, so. Before we move on to uh, he who must always be mentioned every week on this, to which point I go, it's him over the pond and you go... Oh, God, must we really please know? Wouldn't
1: that be embarrassing?
0: Yes, we do and we will. Uh, before Ugh. we get to that, I just want to mention one other particularly odious person this week. What It's like Whack-A-Mole, isn't it? These mm-hmm. members of the Tory party who pop up, cause mass offence and have to be locked away again. Jacob Rees, Mogg's moment to oh, appear again god i hate that man so much i know i just love
1: mentioning it if i just go jacob Reesbog. i'll tell you what if my blood pressure gets any higher you're going to be responsible for the excessive number of prescriptions i'm going to be
0: getting I it's tell all right you that. i've got 999 on speed dial here ready probably wise no link with reality anywhere he's an episode in himself
1: he probably got tested by nanny sticking a thermometer rectally didn't he? I'm perfectly happy perfectly healthy I don't see why all the rest of you aren't haven't you all got private health insurance I mean why do we need the NHS that's a slippery slope as well
0: So every week, uh, as you'll know if you're a regular listener to Brass Monkeys, we like to just catch up with what uh, Donald Trump is doing in his infamous, I should say, leadership of the greatest nation on Earth as the greatest leader that the Earth has ever known. In fact, let's go further. I would say probably... We may even have a Space Force develop another one. Space Force. We have the Air Force, we have the Space Force. We have the Army, the Navy. The man's a bellend. We all know it. Carry on. Can't believe he's actually managed to do something that appears to be constructive. But he appears to have actually. Suicide? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he does appear. To have made some inroads into improving Middle East peace. I'm not really convinced about it because this seems to have kind of come out of the blue a little bit.
1: Well, the only the only thing I can suggest that has helped promote Middle East peace is him not having anything to do with it, surely.
0: He'd made peace with Rocket Boy, didn't he? Our friend old Kim Jong un Oh that was once upon a time, wasn't
1: it? Are they are they not now daggers well, drawn or red buttons drawn well, or whatever well, no, it is? The question,
0: well, Kim Jong un's disappeared. Ah. It's,
1: like,
0: it's like where is Kim Jong un? Uh-huh. uh-oh <laughs> so 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 is it, you know is it actually that that donald's knocked him off in some way i don't know anyway where's where's kimmy it could be a new book for
1: children <laughs> rocket man uh well yeah wasn't i i've probably got it all sort of arse about face but it wasn't that what everyone positive. went it's what everyone more... went to spain for back in the olden days it's a lot more when we still could
0: shit and showers isn't it let's be sh- that's, well, a whole... guess... that's a whole that's i i'm sure depends there's... what you're
1: into doesn't I'm it i'm
0: sure there's a tory minister somewhere who's got something to <laughs> whose
1: say. ears have just perked <laughs> up yeah
0: <laughs> oh they were talking about shit showers oh, wow, Ooh, that, oh that's right wow, right up wow. right up my alley right up my ass <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh,
1: Nanny! Nanny! More hot curls! Oh. God,
0: we're cheating this, aren't we, Cuddles? I find yep. it really, really hard to take you seriously as Cuddles, but hey... Up, but look, you,
1: you find a ventriloquist monkey with a hand up his ass hard to take seriously. There's something <laughs> very, very wrong in the world, but then we all knew that.
0: Browse monkeys it's episode seven and you're still here what the hell is wrong with you right it's time to look at the world of woke we've touched on this before as you know cuddles but I think it's one that that really does need to be revisited because we're not getting any better are we in fact we seem to be sliding down that rabbit hole ever faster it's almost like somebody's vaseline our limbs oh we're there again are we yes yes that didn't take long, did it? <laughs> no. Again, the level has been plumbed. My interest was piqued this week by the story that J.K. Rowling, who was famously shut down, cancelled by uh, friends and colleagues of hers for something she'd said about transgender, it now appears that, that she's getting the second round hitting her. It's like a second spike for J.K. Rowling. She's written a book. Apparently, the murderer is not a transsexual, uh, but more a transvestite, i.e. it's a man dressing as a woman. And yes, the woke brigade have woken up again and um, they're, they're sticking the knife in. And I'm just like, what is wrong with people? Why on earth does everything need to be attacked? It just seems ridiculous. And it's a really interesting point because week after week we talk, don't we, about the fact that there are these extremes in society now. This is the world we've ended up with. You're either left or right. You're black, you're white. You're up, you're down. You cannot be in the middle unless you're like us. We are the middle. We are the ones who can see and understand complaints from each side of the spectrum. But you're not actually really allowed to be there anymore. Nobody wants you to be in the middle. You have to go in my camp. No, you have to come in my camp. That's the world we're living in. Anybody can listen to us. We are effectively unedited in what we put out there. Yes, ultimately Our content can be taken down if we cross enough thresholds, if we offend enough people. Somewhere along the line we'll find a way to pull the plug on us and we will be... But we've not reached that moment just yet. Thank you very much. By the way, if you are a new subscriber to Brass Monkeys, we are incredibly grateful to have you along. And we'd love to hear from you. So please do get in touch. Which is exactly what this listener did. So may I welcome the one and only Unknown. Oh, no, no, you're there. Is,
2: is, when do I get to speak to James O'Brien? Is this not LBC? No, it's Hello? not
0: LBC. This is Brass Monkeys. Hello. Oh, I,
2: I told I told my agent, I said, get me on a hit.
0: And he's obviously misheard me and put me on something. You need a new agent. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hello, Clyde. Hello, Cuddles. Hello. It's good to have
0: you along. And how,
2: how should we refer to you? Well, I've been thinking about this because um, I, I, I submitted some feedback to your lovely podcast. You did indeed, and thank you um, very much for and, that. And, and I was one of the, well, you, you thought it was a complaint. It wasn't a complaint <laughs> at all. I, I said, you should you should have names. Don't be monkey one and monkey two. Give yourself some names. So I've been sitting there thinking, well, hang on, you've invited me on. What should I call myself? So first off, I thought, well, do you know, I really like computer games. So Donkey Kong. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't really work for me. Quite like The Simpsons. Mr. Teeny on The Simpsons. Anyone remember that one?
1: Oh yes, Mr.
0: Teeny.
2: I don't. Uh, uh, Not woken up. Obviously. Sorry, Sorry. use your real name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's sacked.
2: Get him off.
1: Get my agent on the phone. (laughs) I can't work with these people. (laughs)
2: Thought about Marcel, Marcel from Friends. Oh,
0: Marcel don't, Marcel don't go there, because I, I had suggested that the other week, and he was not at all impressed. Not my favourite, I'm afraid, sorry. <laughs> oh, Marcel's okay. out there, unless you want hate mail. <laughs>
1: well, I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm sure it's a wonderful show, I just couldn't stand it. It's just me.
2: Well, you'll be pleased to know I've settled on something, because what I've noticed in, in listening to uh, to you two, uh, Clyde and Cuddles, talk a lot, is you... You often refer to people of a certain age. Now, I'm not entirely sure I'm quite there yet. I don't think I'm quite of a certain age, but I thought you'd appreciate this one. I'm going to go with Bingo from the Banana Splits.
0: Oh, oh yes. yes. Good Respect. choice. Very good. Bingo. We have a winner. Bingo. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, welcome, Bingo. You have entered the hallowed halls of the Brass Monkeys.
2: Well, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Good. So, what do you bring to the party? That's the question.
2: Well, it's, it's, I've been sitting here and like, uh, listening to you guys talk. It's a bit like the green room. I've been shouting, um, but I don't, <laughs> don't think you can hear me because it's all been, uh, been quiet. All the red lights have come on now. What an interesting week we've had thus far. And, you know, the thing is... 30 minutes after we finish recording this, it's all going to be changed again, isn't it?
0: If I was producing a weekly satirical show on TV, I would be exhausted by now. I think I'd have probably checked myself into the priory.
1: Can you imagine if they were still making Drop the Dead Donkey now? They would literally be getting things fed into their ears, I would imagine. It's
0: changing so, so quickly. Formula One, if you've been following it, is an example, actually, of the whole spread of the PC movement... And the need to capture the biggest audience possible, so it it's moved from being very much a petrol head sport to one of mass appeal. the one and only gnome, otherwise known as Bernie Eccleston, a used car salesman i will say no less <laughs> uh, managed to accrue <laughs> many, managed to accrue many many millions, i think it actually into the billions uh, through his control of Formula One, but eventually he realized that at the age of seventy something he was maybe. Not quite in the best place to keep. Eighty something. But but yes. So Bernie eventually, at the age of eighty something, decided that it was time to hand over the uh, hand over the reins, so to speak. So he sold his rights to F1. It's a very, very complicated legal story and I'm not even going to go there. I think there's a book there somewhere at some point when somebody's no longer on the mortal coil, mm-hmm. um, which will then be published, which will be an interesting read. But he sold it to an American outfit called Liberty Media. And Liberty have immediately, with their new train set, sorry, I should say Skeletric set, really, shouldn't <laughs> I, with cars, decided to uh, to increase the, the uh, popularity of the series and introduced a number of Americanisms normally found in things like the Super Bowl. To say it managed to offend uh, existing Formula One fans would be an understatement. Formula One as a sport has become extremely boring, extremely predictable, extremely, I would go so far as to say, uncompetitive, and extremely woke. I've struggled with my relationship with Lewis Hamilton for many, many years. Absolutely, absolutely take my hat off to him in terms of his racecraft. Lewis Hamilton races in an elite series. I I think the reality is whether he's black, white, yellow, orange or purple with pink spots doesn't really matter. I I just find it, the, the fact that he's decided that he is going to become a spokesperson for the Black Lives Matter movement, I just find it a bit wrong. He's become so successful and so powerful that nobody will call him to account. No one
1: cares, no one can,
0: can they? Exactly, and that's not right. That doesn't make it right. Not not the best driver in terms of his performance, but certainly his character, who's been in Formula One for the last 10 years or so, Kimi Raikkonen. Um,
1: A legend, a legend uh, in his own boozy lunchtime.
0: Yeah, he's a legend. Um, Famously, many years ago, Martin Brundle, uh, an ex-racing driver turned commentator, was interviewing him on the uh, starting grid before the start of the race. Uh, and Kimi had appeared quite late before the start. And, and Martin Brundle asked him, Kimmy, where have you been? And his reply was, I was having a shit. <laughs>
1: Yes, it was a celebration of the achievement of Michael Schumacher. I think it was either he'd, he'd won a certain amount of races or had announced his retirement and they were sort of showing their appreciation on the grid. And uh, Kimi dared not turn up for that. And uh, as you rightly said, Brun asked <laughs> him where he'd been. And uh, yes, he was
0: off having a dump, apparently. He's done a, a post with two pictures. And on the left, it's a picture of uh, British racing legend James Hunt, shirtless, drinking a, a glass of Bacardi or something like that. And on the right hand side of a picture is our very own Lewis Hamilton uh, in his current kind of styley, you know, with the um, the ringlets and uh, wearing some shades. A very strange kind of outfit. I can't really describe what it is um, on a on a, uh, a scooter.
1: You know, it looks don't... very much like what they used to wear to um, serve you cups of tea in the 70s in transport cafes or <laughs> or they used to come around and do the cleaning after hours at work. God only knows what he's wearing.
0: Evolution of an F1 driver, and I just think (laughs) it's brilliant because it says everything about the wokey society that we are in. I think you know, the whole woke culture
2: is is really interesting, and um, it's. uh, Do you know what? It took me a long time to figure out actually what woke meant um, because I thought I just used to see it on Twitter and think, what what is it? What is it? And I'm kind of. I guess I'm part of that society that's been quite ignorant to it all you know i live in i live in a big city and i kind of almost a little bit blind to uh color and the struggle so so this even the lewis hamilton thing just sort of passes me by because you just you see it and i don't have any uh any love for for f1 although you know talking about um mixing it up a bit i i think maybe you know if you do f1 round the m25 or something or just or get them all in a in what you were talking about him taking a dump just get them all in a in a toilet and just so you can shit the fastest would be quite interesting. <laughs> um give him a curry or it's something it's a winner beforehand. it's a winner write it down <laughs> let's sell it to
0: channel 5 This is the one and only Brass Monkeys coming at you loud and clear, hopefully. If it's not, please uh, contact our customer complaints department who will look into the issues affecting your audible ability to listen. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with us, Lots of ways to do it, but the best way is to listen to cuddles.
1: Yes, contact us on the Twitter at Brassmonkeys, B-R-A-S-S M-O-N-K-E-E-Z or Z if you are American. We can also be contacted on email. Hey, we've got into the 21st century. We are Brassmonkeys at gmail.com because we can't spring for our own domain, although there may be a website coming soon. Watch this space, but not too carefully. Or just Stick comments on the bottom of YouTube or just search for us wherever we pop up on Google. You can contact us somehow or other. Eventually, we'll probably get back to you.
0: Let's talk about nostalgia, so um, uh, if you listen to us uh, each week to two weeks, depending on when we can be asked to put some output out for you, you'll know that we, we like to talk about nostalgic things. Take the uh, opportunity to drift back into our early years when the world was so simple and toys were shit. But actually, well no they weren't, they were great. Because the beauty of it was, this is a world before technology had really invaded our lives. and When toys were simple things that you could share with your friends. This week it is the turn of a block, but it was so much more than that. It was a multicoloured block. What was it? It was the Rubik's Cube. It's a
1: cube a cube made of cubes that could move in various different planes and when completed or when the puzzle was first bought, it had coloured faces. So on one side you'd have three smaller cubes of blue, three of red, three of white, yellow, green... Uh, I can't remember what the other colour was. Yeah, generally the sort of the sort of thing that was completed by the sort of child who was never going to be troubling any of the football teams and didn't go out a lot and spent a lot of time in his bedroom. These were the people who were writing books on how to complete it in two seconds flat. This,
0: this was how the nerd became so popular, wasn't it? Yeah, because if you were good at it, um, then then people were in awe of you, weren't they? Yes, yes,
1: it was something that I think even even at my Cleverest back then, when I still had more brain cells to rub together than I have these days, I could still only get one face and one line on the next two faces done. I, I could that never was complete like me, it. that was like me. I gave so up, I've, you know, know your limits.
0: I've just done a little quick bit of research. Um, yeah, so six faces, uh, covered by nine stickers. Um, Six solid colours, white, red, blue, orange, green and yellow. So you were right on that, I think, weren't you? Oh, almost. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And one of the the ways to cheat was originally the early versions. that There were stickers. So the ones who were too incompetent to complete the uh, the cube, me included, you could actually take the stickers off and (laughs) rearrange them to make it look like you'd done it right. And th- uh, thus missing the whole point of the exercise. Yes. They never exactly. quite went back on
2: the same, though, did they? It, sort of... it looked very obvious that you peeled <laughs> yeah. the stickers off. Anti-tamper.
0: It, it... Uh, uh, well, apparently, actually, some later versions of the Cube, they did actually use plastic-coloured panels instead so that you couldn't cheat. Electric Spoiled shock. But, uh,
1: <laughs> Ultimate edition the... Rubik's Cube, that one, wasn't <laughs>
0: ideas particularly in the toy world seemed like a good idea at the time but end up actually being well, maybe not such a good move and one of those is the mercury maze Ooh, yeah yeah yes. I mean let's think about this so mercury one of the most toxic chemical <laughs> metals on the planet let's take some mercury and pop it into a plastic toy uh, so that kids can play with it now there's genius
1: well that was the one that actually got out of there there was also uh, tritium maracas and uh and and was it napalm conkers was the other one i seem to
2: remember
1: <laughs> no those, those never got past the early testing phase i love the idea of napalm conkers <laughs> available now from mb games <laughs> Would draw your shoelace into that one would you <laughs> oh No, you but... get someone else to do
0: it <laughs> but s- Ma! So... it's come out again <laughs> so mercury maze I mean literally for those of you not familiar mercury is, is a liquid metal and um, it, it, you, it's extraordinary stuff uh, but it's very very toxic and um, really not very good for you at all but there were these toys I think um, Cuddles you, you identified them as executive toys didn't you which says something about your past
1: (laughs) i was never an executive and i don't (laughs) think i'm ever (laughs) likely to be one no that was the the phase in the very early 80s or very late 70s into the early 80s where distracted executives could relieve the stress and tension of shutting down third world countries or or unperforming companies by um rearranging things they had the newton's cradle that was the big one wasn't it but also the mercury maze where you had to get this blob of mercury through a a slightly raised maze inside a disc wasn't it usually it was a circular disc and you had to negotiate this blob i mean it was absolutely mesmerizing stuff but as you say, thoroughly toxic and poisonous and not the sort of thing you should be putting anywhere near children. I mean, I don't have any problems sticking it near executives, just generally they're all quite unpleasant. Or so, Boris
0: Johnson, for that matter.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I'd just sort of back a truckload up and say, have at it, Boris. Have a lot of fun. Uh, oh dear, has the lid come off? Oh, whoops. But... Special delivery
0: yeah. for Mr <laughs> Jacobs Reeds mog. Uh, I've got some napalm conkers for you, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds spiffing. Just the sort of thing we used to play I with. I remember the-
0: playing with them. At
1: eaten in the quad nanny used to hold it for me because i didn't want to get my hands dirty oh nanny's back again oh god i hate him
0: ah anyway it's uh, yeah it's a bit of a
2: fetish it sounds like you know when, when you when jacob reesmouth does talk about his nanny and this is the, the, the struggle mm. i have when you do that bit it's like well no because he does talk about nanny
1: yeah he, he does he,
2: he's got some weird fetish and and i just picture my nan um, who was uh, a very elderly brummy. Um, is, is, so is, is this the standard... your biological nan? or your? Yeah, no, your... no, absolutely no, no. I've never had a nanny. I'm, I'm, I'm very poor. You
0: didn't have um... a nanny? Everybody has a nanny, surely. <laughs> well, surely everybody's got a nanny.
1: Oh, oh, let's all mock the poor boy. <laughs> I say,
0: you've, you've not got a nanny.
2: No. Who from, are you? From a council estate in South London, direct to your podcast. Um, I've totally forgotten where I was going with that. The nanny fetish. fetish. Yeah, nanny fetish. I mean, it just sounds... You, you can just picture him. And I just imagine, as weird as this is going to sound, and I'm sorry, Nan, but I just imagine him kind of being spanked by my
1: Nan. Is that a bit <laughs> weird? Well, he'd probably enjoy that, but, I mean, I I wouldn't be at all surprised. I mean, I, I'm casting aspersions here, but, hey, sue me. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was wet nursed into his late teens. Oh! I think um, Clyde's left. I think it became too much.
2: <laughs> Answering the door to his nanny. <laughs> he's,
1: he's gone outside. He's gone to the. Uh, hello, he's gone to, hello nanny. Wo- <laughs> he's gone to have a word with God on the big white telephone.
2: <laughs> the thing is, <gasps> amazes. It, it just the world before the internet sounds terrifying.
1: Yeah, well, there wasn't much to do. I mean, they'd only but just about given us VHS recorders, and so you couldn't even watch what you wanted when you wanted to watch it. So it was make your fun where you can. And those of us who weren't rich enough to have a piano to stand around and
0: sing. You sing didn't to, have a piano? Oh, he's back! He's back. Everybody we can stop talking has about. Everybody a piano. That. No. <laughs> or a nanny. Uh, or a nanny. I'm yeah. sorry about. I'm sorry about the uh, the minor um, disappearance. Um, uh, I had to go and get supplies. Those the courier arrived with your um, your delivery thank you
1: oh excellent oh yes. excellent they're, they are very quick these I days they're, the they're long, quick aren't they, are they? Very oh, yeah. good. Just saying it seems to be some sort of fetish that Reese Mogg has of mentioning his nanny at every opportunity. Mm. Yeah, I oh, yes, we would, got that. Yeah. And we were yeah. wondering, I mean, I was wondering aloud whether it was probably quite likely that he was wet nursed into his late teens. We thought maybe you'd gone to um, empty the contents of your stomach with that <laughs> injury.
2: <you. laughs> Do, does everyone remember the, the TV show Bottom? Yes, oh, Marley, my God, Edmonton. Yeah. The yeah. last, the very last episode of that they made um, was where they got a VHS recorder they nicked it, for, they looted it um, and then they got a video camera and they just wanted to make sure the tape was blank before they sent it off to You've Been Framed it's funny that I'm making it sound obviously but um, <laughs> they put it in the player and do you remember that bit they just started watching it and it was the Prime Minister and they were like oh yes no, here he is it's an informal walk about the Prime Ministerial residence and it basically turned into a Prime Ministerial sex tape Can imagine <laughs> That's Jacob Rees-Mogg's vibe there. If he was ever prime minister, that is—that is the sort of thing that would have happened. They say the Simpsons predict the future, or maybe Bottom has predicted
1: the future. Oh yeah, from beyond the grave, Rick Mail. Now there's an image. Oh, we can only hope, can't we? Good Lord. Shower.
0: That answers my question. (laughs) (laughs) Cuddles, soap. Uh, it's not one I was
1: overly familiar with. I mean, I knew of it, but it's not something I I watched. You'll have to um, you'll have it, it, to fill in for us.
0: It's one of those programmes. Um, it, it, I think I was probably around about fourteen, thirteen, fourteen at the time. It was when Cheers first appeared on TV. Um, so actually, yeah. So it must have been eighty-two because Cheers came with Channel Four, didn't it? I yeah, know. it was not long after. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's got to be around about 1982 uh, when Cheers hit the TV screen, which, by the way, is, is actually on uh, Channel 4 on the morning at the moment. They're, they're, re- they're replaying Cheers. Uh, the Frasier slot. But the, Yes, earlier than that. It's sort of on around about 7 o'clock in the morning for an hour or so. But yeah, great, great 7 shows. o'clock in the morning? <laughs> I didn't say I get up I watch it. Um, <laughs> anyway, it it is it's brilliant um but yeah I used to watch Cheers and and I think after Cheers soap used to be on and soap was basically a parody of all of the daytime soaps. so literally any and every storyline that was covered in a daytime soap they would actually include in soap storylines so they had everything from you know extramarital affairs to alien abduction (laughs) uh no doubt dallas and the famous scene where um uh, bobby ewing in the shower scene no doubt they got that idea from soap but it was it was so surreal and so ridiculous and it had this brilliant voiceover this week in soap and then it would like reel off all the the different storylines that were going on and you know you'd be worn out before you'd even started watching (laughs) the rest of it Um, But closer to home, um, a personal favourite of mine, of course, was Rent-A-Ghost.
1: Ah, Rent-A-Ghost. Well, I can remember it being a group of uh, deceased people who were now the ghosts of the name, the titular name, uh, basically being rented out to perform tasks for uh, for either the spook world or the normal world and uh, finding a use for their talents from when they were still alive. And they were of all sorts of extractions. You had a, a strange Dutch woman who every time she sneezed, she disappeared.
0: Ah, yeah. yes, um, Popov. And do you know who Nadia, played...
1: Nadia Popoff. She maybe yeah. wasn't Dutch, maybe Russian. No, she was. She was, yeah.
0: She was was. She? Nadia Popoff. She was a Dutch ghost. And do you know who played that? Now, I don't think you're going to be uh, <laughs> sticking with the soap theme here. All right, let's see what I've done there. I don't suppose you're a Coronation Street viewer, are you? Well, in a
1: professional capacity, I did used to be involved with Coronation Street, and I know that she was Audrey Roberts. That's um, it. Sue Nichols. Sue Nichols. That's a, yeah. Yes. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there was quite a ret. I mean, what's her name as well? There was uh, the Mac, the Mac Witch. Hazel, Hazel the Muckwitch. Witch. Hazel the Muckwitch, Witch, who was also super gran, if I remember correctly. Oh no, it wasn't. <laughs> Or was that someone else? I'm getting them mixed up. But um, there, Bingo, there was. were you a... with us on this.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking <laughs> that the way you're describing Rent a Ghost, it sounds like the Tory front bench at the moment, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> it's a lot funnier than the Tory front bench. <laughs> a lot more believable, actually, as well for that matter. With a lot more talent. Well, the, a damn sight more talent. I'd vote for them. And of course, Timothy Claypole, the jester. Oh, he was brilliant. I mean, that, he was. That... He
0: well, he was really. He was the. Uh, he was the anchor, wasn't he? Really. Yes, I think, of all yes. of the characters um, because you had Harold and Ethel Meeker who owned the shop who did lived they
1: own there. the shop? they lived yeah, next yeah. door didn't they? they were the next
0: door neighbours no 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 they, uh, H- Harold and Ethel ran Rent-A-Ghost oh yes sorry ha- Harold and, and it was I, the Perkins who were their neighbours the who, who thought they were just nutters
1: that's right yes they were the <laughs> normal people who just could not quite understand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell was going on the neighbours from hell
0: it's just such a surreal show it's just brilliant Wikipedia-ing
2: my arse off on this one trying to keep up with you here <laughs> and it actually does say that in the Wikipedia entry uh, the long-suffering neighbours of, of Rent-A-Ghost are the Perkinses who appear from series 4 onwards and think the Meekers are mad
1: that's it, there you that Wikipedia, sums just it like up us. just like us
0: it's, it, actually, I mean this could be an episode of rent ghost in some ways anyway um yeah it was, it was it was a lovely show again it of, was... of an age and it reminded me and i'm going to try and do a bit of research for next week but it reminded me of a, another show um not 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 british but but equally surreal which was a, a guy who owned a scrapyard who was building a rocket does that ring a bell no. anybody go on sound of tumbleweed
1: <laughs> elon musk no
0: Elon. Oh, now there's a subject. Oh, no, well, we need to be careful there, don't we?
1: He's ambitious, but he's also litigious. Uh, yes,
0: Old. I like that. Yes, that's nearly, as good as your line. that's nearly as good as your line magic and tragic. <laughs> well, one a week. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. Just before we uh, finish for this week, um, we we've always talked about nostalgic TV programmes, but... Let's not forget, in a world before uh, MP3 and iTunes and Spotify, in a world before CD and DVD and DAT, anybody know what DAT is? Yes. Yes. Digital I, audio of, type. Ah, digital audio type, yeah. Uh, anyway, in a world before all of that, there was vinyl, and there was the radio, the wireless. If you were of a certain age, then there were there were very few options to listen to Popular music, so to speak. God, this makes us sound so old, doesn't it, Cuddles?
1: Yeah, out how long before you mentioned the Hit Parade? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tony Blackburn, he's still there. Sensational, uh, quite uh, literally. Uh, uh, anyway, there, there was, um, there was, Doodle Do. <laughs> there was a station <laughs> called the Great Two Hundred Eight, which was broadcast, one, broadcast on Two Hundred Eight meters and on the medium J. wave. Otherwise, known as, what was I'm that in
1: kilohertz? Uh, uh, I'd have to do the maths on that. Take the tape measure out, quick. Yeah, exactly. They're quite big waves, that much anyway, I do it, know.
0: It, anyway, it was a station that was broadcast from the Duchy of Luxembourg, a very, very small, intriguing place in Europe. Um, it was an English-speaking radio station broadcasting primarily to the UK, although you could only really hear it at night-time when, you, um, when the atmospherics would allow... The signal to drift over the channel and into your transistor radio, which was normally underneath your pillow because you were meant to be asleep and ready for your education at school the next day. And I, 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 some sad news. Actually, this is what brought it back to me. Walkout. Was um, I saw a headline this week that um, Ollie Henry had died. Uh, Ollie, as in female, and and Ollie Henry was um, very well spoken, very well educated English woman, who was the wife of Stuart Henry, and he was a DJ on the Great Two Hundred and Eight when I used to listen to it as a as a teenager, and. Um, she became a part of his radio act because he developed MS. And as his, um, his speech became more and more affected, she would help him to uh, to broadcast each week. Now, I don't know, Cuddles, if you ever... Did you ever, ever listen to Stu and Ollie? Uh,
1: no, Luxembourg wasn't one that I was as into as others. I did listen to pirate radio stations. There was one... I remember very well called laser 558 oh like that, that was quite, that was
0: a that was quite quite um
1: that was much later i think
0: yeah it was it, it was very very slick as well wasn't it i mean i mean laser 558 i think was was very much um modeled on the the american top 40 radio formats wasn't it everyone uh, sounded
1: like casey Casey. all
0: europe radio laser 558 yeah, you're, you're right, Cuddles. I mean, Laser 558 was very much the transatlantic kind of radio station. It made uh, 208, you know, seem like a cuddly pair of slippers, really. Um, but uh, it reminds me of, of how much the radio landscape has changed over the last 15, 20 years. And actually, just in the last few weeks, there's been the latest change, which has seen something like 40 plus local commercial radio stations in the uk literally disappear overnight as they've been uh, swallowed up by a, a new network uh called greatest hits radio which is broadcasting across many many parts of the uk and 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 it's it's really interesting in in terms of how the um the listener choice that people had uh, to listen to radio stations that were very much in their communities that's gone now uh, and you're seeing that all over the place and it's, it's not a, it's not an area for us to discuss in depth, that's not what Brass Monkeys is about, but I know that um, certainly from uh, my background and yours cuddles, and I, I think from what I've uh, learnt uh, from Bingo, that um, we all have some common links with that world and it's a very, very sad place seeing that whilst we have all these exciting opportunities being presented to us with new platforms and new technology and new ways to connect with an audience some of the more traditional things that made growing up fun have been taken from us and and i think we we need to work hard to try and find ways to put some of the softer things back into life. And, um in fact one of the things we are looking at here at brass monkeys is um it's actually creating some uh, radio air time um, to run commercials so do keep listening in future episodes as um as we hopefully monetize some of our output um, and hopefully, you'll see that the uh, the advertisers who come on board with us here at Brass Monkeys are very much in keeping with the spirit of what this broadcast is all about. Watch this space, or rather, hear this space. Um, it's been emotional who said that before
1: uh, you just then
0: me there you go It's it's been good um, I'd like to say thank you very much to Bingo for joining us this week it's been wonderful to have somebody who's been listening to us actually come and join in and share some input and uh, some of their own thoughts do you want to join us again next week if we do this
2: I would love to come back but I do have to just call into the Nigel Farage show on LBC now because that was my original point I just wanted to be angry um, so okay. yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back here, though.
0: Bingo! Your challenge, should you choose to accept, is to get as many references to Brass Monkeys onto LBC as you can. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> and, and it needs to be recorded so we can play it back as oh. well. <laughs> 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 oh man. I like Have the sound it. of this. Radio Have code. at it, man! Nobody at listens it.
2: to the radio anymore. At it. Uh, anyway,
0: listen, um, just to finish, just want to say next week, we're going to do more of the same. Uh, I say next week. It might be 10 days uh, or so before you hear from us again. But in the meantime, I mean, do get in touch. We want to know what you think. If you've got ideas that you'd like us to cover, subjects that you think are of interest, or you want to pick up on something that we've said, if you want to give us some abuse, well, that's your choice. Whether we listen to it or not, We'll decide. Cause we're big ain't it uh but if you want to get in touch you can on the twitter uh, it's at brass monkeys and uh, email the uh, the it sounds an old way of doing things now doesn't it brass monkeys at gmail.com don't forget brass monkeys is spelt brass b-r-a-double-s and then monkeys m-o-n-k-e-e-z uh, all one word at gmail.com Love to hear from you. Do get in touch. Next week, more of the same inane waffle and drivel. Until then.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Adios. (laughs) Arrivederci. Ciao.